is Ronaldo. Oh, my goodness. You don't save those. Out of this world. Messi. 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 From the international stage to right here at home, this is FUVFC, talking all things soccer on WFUV Sports. In the Premier League, sometimes you get a title race, sometimes you get a top four race, sometimes you get a relegation battle, but very rarely do you get all three at once, and that is what we have coming up this Sunday, this championship Sunday. FUVFC is back. For another episode, Nick Guzman, joined this time by Michael Hernandez, James Burler. I'll start with you, Michael. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, you know, uh, as you said, uh, you know, a great end uh, uh, to the uh, to the Premier League, you know, with, with some matches being played today and obviously Championship Sunday. So, you know, I'm just excited to see how it all turns out. Yeah, I mean, it's an exciting time in the world of soccer. You got MLS going, you got Premier League going for – only another week or so, and then we've got some European titles to talk about. So this is uh, this is going to be really fun. The obvious place to start is up at the top, where two top dogs they have been for this entire season, going back and forth, Liverpool and Manchester City. On Tuesday, Liverpool needed that win against Southampton. They came out after you know having to play 120 minutes in the FA Cup, a heavily rotated side. Only Konate and Allison were the only two starters carrying over. And despite, you know, the huge turnover in the team, injury to Joe Gomez during the match, Liverpool fights through. They win 2-1, officially taking the title race to the final day. Michael, I know you're the big Liverpool guy. First, I want to hear your thoughts on that game, your thoughts on Klopp deciding to rotate the 11 and really – your outlook on this championship Sunday, obviously you need City to slip up at Aston Villa, the likelihood of that happening and just your whole mindset going into Sunday. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, uh, after coming off of the FA cup, when, you know, going the distance again, you know, it was clear that some rotation would need to be made. Obviously, you know, we had Salah coming off injured or as a precaution, Van Dyke also with a precaution. So, you know, rotation was going to be key. Um, and obviously within, I forget when Southampton scored, but it, it was early on in the first half. I don't know the exact minute, but when that happened, I was like, oh God, here, you know, this is the worst possible start. But, you know, event, you know, I, I remember, um, Klopp in a press conference, I forgot which competition, but he was like, I want them to know that the mentality monsters were in town. And that's what it was, you know, like, it's okay if we went down one nil because then we got one back. And then obviously, you know, uh, one of, I remember someone saying this, one of the best free transfers in the history of the Premier League, Matip scoring that winning goal and, and pushing it to the final day. Cause once again, just like it was three years ago where, you know, Liverpool is behind city by one point. Um, so obviously, you know, it, it is kind of annoying that, you know, it, even after everything, you know, this could be a potentially historic season and we're, you know, we're down by only one point. I, I remember seeing this stat a while back. If Liverpool win, they go up to 92 points. 92 points would be enough to win the league if you look at the previous, sort of like over 24 of the past seasons. 92 points would be enough. And the fact that it's not enough just shows you the absolute level that City and Liverpool have pushed each other. Because uh, if you remember two years, three years ago, it was City went on 97, 98, Liverpool with 97. Like 97 points should be enough to win the league, but it, it still wasn't enough. So that just shows the absolute, you know, levels that are needed for, you know, one of the biggest leagues in the world. Um, as for Championship Sunday... Uh, I am hoping, I am praying that, you know, uh, Stevie G and Coutinho can pull some magic um, because they travel to City, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so, you know, I'm hoping that, you know, obviously Villa want to win for them, but, you know, maybe with the extra incentive. 
Um, and then all we need to do is, is just get the job done against Wolves. And that's kind of all we can do, you know, just win and hope that, you know, City slip up. I mean, it nearly happened with West Ham, you know, for, for, for 45 minutes, I thought, oh my God, we're going to be level on points just on goals. And then, well, as we know, a uh, City got back to a tie. So, um, you know, at, the, at this point, it's just pray and hope that City slip up and that we get the job done. Uh, I said this a few weeks ago about the top four race, that if certain results shaked out a certain way, there'd be a slim, but albeit really great chance in eventually, if the first four results went their way, of Tottenham and Arsenal playing an extra 39th match against each other uh, as part of a playoff to see who gets the final Champions League spot. Well, there's still a chance for that for the title. If City, I believe, draws 5-5 and Liverpool wins like 6-0 or something like that, then we get that extra extra game. And I'm, and I'm rooting for it, you know. I really want to see it. I, I know it's not going to happen, but, I mean, that's the only thing I want as the resident Manchester United fan because I'm tired of rooting for Manchester City to beat Liverpool because, you know, it goes against everything that I've in, wanted to be a part of. Um, since becoming a Manchester United fan. So I'm done talking about Manchester City, how good they are. I'm done talking about how good Liverpool are. It's getting tired. Um, but it's so true, uh, the, the levels that they've taken the Prem. I mean, just four years ago, we found ourselves talking about how, four or five years ago, we, how the best teams in, in Spain are better than the best teams in England, and they control uh, the European trophies. But Manchester City and Liverpool specifically have changed that. Um, Chelsea have also um, thrown their names back into the fold in recent years, last year being the you know, reigning champions of the UEFA Champions League. But Liverpool especially, because they've been consistently in that fold um, now for um, four years. And that's not just talking about domestic success. That's European success. Domestically, they finally, you know, got the monkey off their back and won the Premier League uh, two years ago. And Manchester City have never looked back since uh, 2012. They've been in the fold in the, Champions, uh, in the Premier League rather um, for 10 years. Uh, and they're not going to go away anytime soon with the players that they have and with the players coming in next year. So in terms of just the title race as a whole, um, regardless of who I think is going to win it, which is probably going to be Manchester City just because how – the table lines up now, unfortunately, Michael, I'm sorry, but I have, have grown weary watching these two teams control the entire league for multiple years now. And it's time for a change. Hopefully that comes next year, but I have my doubts considering how good they really are. They really are just in a league of their own. Uh, when they play any team outside of the top eight, really, it's just men against boys. And they just control the game so much. And they really are a joy to watch in terms of their style of play. Yeah, and it's definitely evident that these two teams kind of push each other to, to another level. That, you know, when City looks across and sees Liverpool – and all their success, it, it makes them, you know, push further. And the same can be said for Liverpool the other way. And when I look at Championship Sunday and I look at City playing Aston Villa at home, Aston Villa this year, not the greatest record against the top six. Liverpool, I think, will obviously take care of business against Wolves, but it's just – whether or not, you know, Steven Gerrard and company and Philip Coutinho can come up with the goods against City at the Etihad. And it's such a big ask. We've seen City in this kind of situation before. I think back to the 18-19 season where Liverpool trailed City by a point. City went away to Brighton. I believe Brighton scored early in that game, giving Liverpool fans, you know, an ounce of hope. But then, you know, City went right back and, score and I believe they won the game 4-1 is a similar situation to that this time City are at home I just don't really see them slipping up I think the game against West Ham you know you saw a, a first half that featured you know two 
defensive mistakes where Jared Bowen was able to slip behind the back line and slot home two goals. He's had a great year, Jared Bowen, by the way. But I think for that to happen again at home, it's not, it's not likely in my opinion, but it would be, I think it would be as an, as a neutral, someone who, you know, leans towards Chelsea, but in, in, in the grand scheme of the premier league, I'm mostly just observing from the outside, but it, it would be, in my opinion, it'd be, it'd be great for Liverpool to hop over city on the last day or have just some drama. Maybe it looks like City's going to slip up for a little bit, but then they end up saving face and winning the title in the end. But it's all set up for an incredible, incredible championship Sunday. But it doesn't just include this title race we've been talking about for so long on FUVFC. It includes the top four race, which has been narrowed down to Arsenal and Spurs. And as of now, it looks as if it's leaning in Spurs' direction on Monday. Arsenal went up to Newcastle, St. James's Park, needing in all likelihood a win. And Newcastle, in front of their home fans, their last home game of the season, came out on top 2-0. And Arsenal now trail Tottenham by two points. And Spurs go to Norwich this weekend. So Arsenal would need Spurs to drop points on that last weekend. It looked for so long, guys, like Arsenal, this spot was theirs. They had a young team playing very well, but it seems almost like they've just ran out of gas a little bit towards the end. I think the lack of depth in their squad has also kind of, you know, come out to show down the stretch. But I think we're all, we'll all probably be on the same page that Spurs are going to, Spurs are going to, you know, take care of business against Norwich and take that final Champions League spot. But what I want to know from you guys is your outlook on this Arsenal season. In all likelihood, they will finish fifth. You could say they bottled fourth place. If if you asked an Arsenal fan before the season if they would take fifth place, I feel like most of them would probably say, yes, they would take it. But given how the season's gone, I think, you know, it has to be at least a little bit of, bit of a sour taste in their mouths. Yeah, I mean, of, of course it is. I mean, to be in that fourth place for so long, you know, you basically had it in the bag. Like this time a week ago, before the North London Derby, they were four points ahead of Tottenham. And now a week later, they're down, you know, they've lost their past two games. And now they need to hope that Spurs lose because don't forget if they tie, if Spurs get that one point, then that's enough. Cause I believe the goal difference is too much. So if they tie, then, you know, fourth place is, is Spurs. Um, <clears throat> and obviously, you know, our, our, if you look at it from the entire season, Arsenal had that really shaky start. You know, they were 20th, I think, after match week three. And, you know, some credit has to be given uh, to Mikel Arteta, uh, you know, because, you know, the, fa- the fact that they were in 20th and now, you know, they're up there. But I would say that it has to be viewed as a bit of a failure because this was your one chance. You didn't have any European football. You had nothing. The only thing you had were the domestic cups and and the Premier League. You could focus you know you you didn't have to play every other match week you know it you, uh, you didn't have to play Champions League group stages any of that you could just focus on the prem and the fact that you've let this golden opportunity slip because don't forget Spurs they've had to change their coach you know they they had the whole Harry Kane saga going into it you know like I said they fired their coach they've had inconsistencies and the fact that you've let it fall you know it's it's obviously you know fifth place is you know it it's, it should be something that's good because you know because now they're back in Europe but this was their golden opportunity to get back into the Champions League for the first time in I don't even know how long. And the fact that they've let it, you know, slip out of their fingers is kind of a shame because, yeah, yeah, fifth, but it could have been fourth. So I think it'll be viewed as 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 kind of a failure, at least in that sense. I, I think if you just look at the recent matches, it's definitely a failure. I mean, 3-0 against your biggest rival, um, albeit away from home, but then you go on again away from home just four days later with, you know, the congested match schedules, uh, a two note thumping by Newcastle who um, let's face it, have been better than most people expected them to be. So that's not as um, demoralizing a loss that it may have been last year or the year before that. Um, but now this Arsenal team really shot themselves in the foot late on. Um, they had a, a great opportunity, you know, beating Chelsea, United, West Ham, and then a gutsy win over Leeds, a close one 
2-1, you think that they've, they've, they've gotten the pass behind them because they prior to that they had lost four of their last five, including Southampton, Palace, and Brighton. So they really had gotten themselves out of a bad slide and into a good position to win it. And then Tottenham came and then Newcastle came. And now they've, they've got to salvage something against Everton who are fighting a different battle um, on Championship Sunday. Uh, I, I'm curious to see how that goes, but they've also need, they also need results to go their way as well. Um, I think this speaks to a bigger issue, though, just about uh, the footballing world in whole, as a whole, because UEFA, I'm not sure if we all saw the changes they're making to the future Champions League um, 2024. I think it's starting with the addition of four more teams, which you know, allows for some more breathing room in England for these extra, I think, I'm not totally sure I've tried to read it. It seems like a play-in game for these four extra teams, and it's going to allow another English team to um, get into the Champions League. I'm not totally sure if that's entirely correct, but as for Arsenal, um, that's not a choice this year. They really had a great opportunity to finish fourth after the way most people saw their season going, being a sixth or even seventh place finish for some. Fourth place seemed like a dream, and they had it, and now it's um, no longer going to happen. They really have only themselves to blame. Um, unfortunately, uh, they're going to be on the outside looking in unless a miracle happens, uh, and they pick up three points and Tottenham doesn't because even on goal differential, even if Tottenham draws, they're uh, – very, very far behind on goal difference, about 15 goals back. So they need Tottenham to lose against um, last place Norwich, who have already been relegated, and I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, I think even if Arsenal fans don't want to hear it and they're hurting, I think you can see the trajectory that the club is going, and I think it's definitely upward. I think – You've got some good young players in there. I think the biggest thing right now that Arsenal need to fix is just the squad depth because you think about, you know, an injured Tommy Asu at right back and all of a sudden Cedric is, is shoved in at right back and he's just the quality drop is enormous and it's, and you can see it. And it's like that in, in a lot of positions. And then when you think about, you know, the top teams, Liverpool, Man City, maybe even Chelsea who can sustain an injury or two and still be, you know, competing at a high level. I think that's where Arsenal need to get better. But I think credit also has to go out to Spurs because this was a team where, you know, you got the coaching change with Conte coming in early in the season after hiring, you know, Nuno. And I don't think expectations were that high. Harry Kent got off to a little bit of a slow start. And I think the players that Antonio Conte has brought in in the winter transfer window, whether it's, whether it's Kulisevsky, um, it's been those players have hit the ground running. I think they're signing him on a permanent deal. I think it's it's fourth place for Spurs. You have to be happy with it because it's been really a roller coaster ride of a season, and you've gotten you know just unbelievable play up top from Son and Kane's picked it up recently. I think for Spurs, their outlook looking forward with Conte. I think it has to be you know viewed as as a major success this season. And I'm just curious, Michael, how you, your outlook on, on Spurs season, considering, you know, where they were and sort of the, the turmoil you could say in the, in the coaching position, how they overcame that. Yeah. I mean, obviously I'm, I'm pretty sure even with Nuno after the first three match days, uh, they were top. I'm pretty sure. Um, I think I won't, if I'm not mistaken, I remember seeing that he won uh, a manager of the month but um, obviously, you know, changing a coach midseason, I don't think you ever want to do that because, you know, it disrupts the morale, you know, because it's like, oh, I was playing well under him. How am I going to work with this new coach? But, you know, I, I, you know, overall, you'd have to obviously uh, take a look at their season and say that right now fourth is assuming they don't, you know, uh, absolutely drop it against Norwich, which I don't think should happen. They're, they're going to be in the Champions League, which is great because not only, you know, does it give them a boost in morale? Um, it, it helps them attract more talent because, you know, hey, we're playing in the Champions League compared to 
say Arsenal, who will be in the Europa League. And also, you know, uh, also uh, because I know that um, the chairman of Tottenham, you know, he he will get a fair share of profits uh, because, you know, the Champions League gives them uh, additional revenue. But if you look at this season as a whole, I'm pretty sure mid, I forgot when, but I remember that they had a bit of a slump when they lost, uh, when they lost to Burnley and everyone was like, you know, basically saying, ah, yeah, they're not going to get top four or whatever. But, you know, that that's how fast uh, a football can change because, you know, I remember hearing people say, oh, yeah, they're, you know, if anything, they'll just be fifth or sixth. And now they are, you know, in the driver's seat for that final Champions League spot. Um, and, you know, and, and you know, Kane is finally, you know, doing well. Son did, uh, has been performing well. I think he has, I forget how many goals. He's only one behind Salah, if I'm not mistaken. And all of those are without penalties. So, you know, the fact that he scored, I want to say 21, uh, 21 goals in the Premier League, you know, just shows his talent, his quality. You know, and, and, you know, having him along with Kane, who's, you know, obviously he had that very slow start, but now he's finally finding his rhythm and, and Kulaveski, you know, like that, that, that front three is, is terrifying, you know, like, uh, I, I remember um, when they were, when they were going, uh, when they were going against Liverpool uh, on the seventh, you know, I was, I was like, just please don't concede because, you know, Son and Kane and, you know, uh, they, they could just do the damage. Um, now, a bit, a bit of talk, but I want to go back to the Champions League thing. Um, according so there will be four new spots uh the first will go to france because the fifth uh fifth ranked club the nation so it's going to be france us uh, the second one will go to a domestic champion so some random country probably and then the third and fourth go to the countries that have performed the best so say if liverpool so say hypothetically liverpool win this year's champions league and say that Arsenal win the Europa League next year and another English team win everything like it's say England win all the competitions then we would get that additional spot so in that case fifth would become another spot so um but yeah like basically you know um that's how the new changes are so if that were happening this year Arsenal would would be in Champions League assuming uh depending on how they work it out of how well each team did which is probably killing Arsenal right now because it's like ah if only these changes were made uh earlier but yeah I mean uh, uh going back to the main point you know Tottenham had you know a, a bit of a a bit of up and down but it doesn't matter how you start it matters how you finish and the fact that they are you know they basically have fourth all sewn up you have to be happy as a Spurs fan I think what Spurs and Arsenal both have that Manchester United don't have is a direction. Uh, regardless of where they both finish in the league this year, I think Arsenal, while they've they've, I'm going to say they bottled it this year. I think they had it for the they taking, and, and, the and they, they they shot themselves in the foot. Um, but they still have a lot to be excited about next year. They have a really young core of great players. Um, you know, Emil Smith Rowe, Bukayo Saka, Aaron Ramsdale, and Gold. Like they have a fun team. Um, as for Tottenham. You guys mentioned that front three. Um, yeah, that's it's scary. It is. It's really good. And, you know, they have, you know, a few years more to be excited about that. Um, Son is the oldest one. He's 29. So that's not going to change uh, immediately. Uh, he's the oldest how old one. Is, I think how old is, old is Kane? Kane. I think he's yeah, just I, a Isn't he 30? No, he's like 28 or so. So they, they, have, they have a good core there that's going to give them at least three solid more years, um, provided injuries and no one leaves. But regardless, those two teams have direction. Uh, Manchester United does not. I'm not sure if we're going to talk about United today. I just thought that this is a good thing to point out because the top four race is going to include the three teams ahead of Tottenham as well as the two teams behind them in Arsenal and Manchester United. I think Tottenham and Arsenal are going to be a leg above Manchester United moving forward. And I think Chelsea is going to join uh, Tottenham and Arsenal in that second fold of teams behind City and Liverpool, despite Chelsea's really, really good start to the season. Um, they have kind of cemented that already, being only two points clear of Tottenham, albeit with a game in hand. Uh, that said, I, if I'm a Tottenham fan, um, fourth place is a big deal, not only because it's Champions League, but because it says a lot about their resilience this season. The, the ability to battle the adversity of having a coaching change. I'll be, even though they did bring in one of the best in the business, and it's Antonio Conte, um, they took it in stride. And Hugh uh, Min Son has just been absolutely amazing. So much fun to watch late on. And he's been a big, real big reason that they're going to be top four and Arsenal won't. Um, 
Moving forward, though, I think there's even more to be excited about and the season to come for Arsenal, especially, but also for Tottenham. Yeah, uh, j- just one more thing before we move on. You know, like obviously, you know, getting fourth is a huge momentum boost for them. But also, one one thing is that they're definitely going to keep Harry Kane because because before you say he might go, where is he going to go? Because last year we would have said he he's going to go to City, but City have just gotten Holland. So then, where does he go then? He's not going to go to Madrid because Mbappe is basically going to be there. Barcelona, they might get Lewandowski. So there's really no place for Kane to go. So if, you know, that means effectively means that he's going to stay, which is not, you know, it's going to be a huge boost for them because, you know, if you remember at the start of the season, there was the whole saga of, you know, Will City, because I think Levy wanted 150 or something like that. So, you know, obviously that that that, that has a morale, uh, it has an effect on that. And, you know, not having that uh, in the upcoming year, plus the fact that they're in Champions League football, you know, it it can only go up uh, for, uh, uh, for Spurs right now. Red Bulls could do with a good finisher. <laughs> Oh. I don't think they can afford the wages. I don't know. Yeah, we had we had Bradley Wright Phillips for far too long. All right. Why not get um? Uh, you think we can afford a finisher? If he, what's up? I said uh, I didn't. A uh, Thierry on replay for Red Bulls. Yes. Uh, just yeah, sign him back. I, I'm sure. I'm sure he's good enough. BWP was even better than Henri. So this is this is true. I think. You know, James, you mentioned United. I don't know if they even get deserve to be talked about. Sure, they're in, they're in a conference league race right now with West Ham. The last Europa League spot conference league race. The, so, thrilling. so what is this? Can, can we just real quick? Can we just say what does this mean for Ronaldo? Because he's not going to play the conference league. I think I don't think they're going to. You know, I say that they're away Crystal Palace. That seems like a slip up. You think they're going to finish seventh? I don't know. I mean, if West Ham beat Brighton and, and and United fall through at Palace. Well, they still they still if they finish seventh if they finish seventh then they still end up in the uh, like the qualifying phase for the Conference League. Yes, yeah, yeah. They enter in the third. It's basically like the, the final. It's a play thing in. Ronaldo goes to Cyprus and is playing on these. Yeah. No, well, look, I mean, I'm pretty sure uh, a Ten Hag has already said you know we're keeping Ronaldo and I, I mean obviously you know. The, Ronaldo did not expect this. Let's be honest. When Ronaldo joined, he did. You know, I, I like how everyone was like, "Oh yeah, Ronaldo will take us to new levels." Well, he's he's brought you to a competition you've never been before. Um, it's true. Of the conference it league. True. But I mean, look on the plus on the plus side. If you are in the conference league, your odds on to win it. Willie, I mean, honestly, look, next year's going to be a bit of a weird one. You know, honestly, I I think I mean I I I'm not the United fan here, so but maybe actually I'm going to ask you this: Would you rather have Conference League or no Europe at all, and basically do what Arsenal did this year? Obviously, not bottle top four, but like, would you rather have no uh, European football at all or have that Conference League? Because then you're playing Thursday Sundays. I I I think they'd rather not have Europe at all. Honestly, I think it's it's too much of a of an embarrassment to go through the motions of the conference league when you have um, high profile players such as Cristiano Ronaldo and others who uh, I'm not going to speculate who is going to be or who isn't going to be on the team next year, because we have no idea what this team is going to look like come three months from now. But the conference league, it would, it would be like to watch Manchester city and Liverpool go play in the, uh, Champions League and potentially win it and then watching Manchester United with the arguably greatest player of all time um, in his late 30s trying to beat Feyenoord and uh, I, I don't know uh, Leicester, Roma um, yeah, Leicester not, not well, Leicester's not even going to make it but um, yeah, yeah, just trying to it, it, would be, it would be embarrassing to see um, they'd actually get played out. It's going to happen. They're going to be in the Conference League. They're going to have to play out matches as Manchester United, the former giant of all of world football in the th- basically third division of European uh, club tournament play. And they have made their bed and they're going to have to sleep in it. So it's, it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a horrible look, but they're, they're going to have to do it. I don't think Cristiano Ronaldo stays. I don't, I don't know. Really? How. I don't know how he's gonna will himself. He's he's never even played in the Europa League, man. Like he he's oh, got to okay, play. Fine. So hold on, James. If he goes, where does he go to then? I, I 
the, the only one I heard, and I don't think they would they would do it, both the club and the player, as Bayern kind of makes sense because Lewandowski's gone and they could do a like-for-like replacement there and still get 25 goals out of Cristiano Ronaldo. But that's, I don't, that, that's, that's interesting. Not, I mean, that's, that's not a move Bayern usually makes. He's like, what, 33? He was 33. Yeah, so, you know, you're replacing oh. someone who's much older. I mean... But I mean, it's Cristiano Ronaldo. The man is ageless. Like, it is Ronaldo, it, but still. I think I think you could plug in Cristiano Ronaldo into Bayern Munich's lineup. They still win the league. They still get twenty-five to thirty goals. Bayern, of course, they're going to win the league. Yeah, but I. Yeah, I and then give ask. it two, three years, and Bayern will find some young Bundesliga striker to poach, and then yeah, yeah. I think their no, plan I, was probably going to be Erling Holland, but now that hasn't worked. I, I think that Ronaldo stays because I think Ten Hag has already said, you know, Ronaldo's already put out statements. I mean, sure, I feel like, it, you know, it, it, I feel like he just did that just to cover it off. But I, I just don't see him leaving. Like, I, I think he wants to end because I think it was a two year contract. So next year's the final one. I think he wants to end his his second stint at United on a more positive note. Not because obviously this season, you know, you 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 sacked Ali. Then you bring in Ralph, but a temporary coach. So, like, this season was just like a, you know, whatever season. I think he's going to want to, you know, you know, leave it on a good – and I know, obviously, you know, he's – like you said, he's one of the greatest players of all time. He he has that type of influence. You know, like, he has so much experience that he can give to the youngsters. I'm pretty sure uh, in the FA Youth Cup final – I'm pretty sure that's the name of it – um, he, he he sent a message to the United players, and they ended up winning. So, you know, like, he, he just has that, you know – status i guess so you know like you know i i, I long story I, I just don't he's a winner he's he, yeah exactly he, he's a serial winner he's he's won at everywhere he goes he's won countless he's won five yeah he's won five champions leagues you know four and five years you know i i just don't see him you know leaving at this point next I, year I, I like at the end of, at the end of his because the contract was two years next mm-hmm. year yeah i would believe that but to leave it like this i, I i'm just not seeing it I th- I think the United can save face if Ronaldo stays. They do not care about the Conference League. They do not play a single starter in any of their matches, maybe maybe in the final, because they should still reach at least the semifinal on just bench players because they have enough depth to do that. Or, or We'll find out if they have enough depth when uh, Ten Hag puts his team together. I just play Maguire. I just play Maguire. Honestly, I, yeah, I play, play the reserve $80 million, uh, <laughs> Oh, God. Remember, City wanted him. I'm not. I, imagine if he went to City. He'd be good. Do you think Mem- City good. almost got Ronaldo. Remember, remember that. Yeah. Like Man United fans were burning Cristiano Ronaldo kits because they thought he was going to sign. Yeah, City. I remember. Yeah, yeah. It, it, yeah. it was huge. But well, I mean, I, I think I think if United puts all their cards on the table for the league and plays a rotated lineup in the Conference League, performs well in both, then then we could maybe see progress and maybe maybe there's the direction that they're looking for that they don't have this year that the teams above them still do. And it's going to, it's going to take a big, big, big response from Ten Hag and it's going to have to be, um, they're going to have to just give him at least a full season because that's, yeah, that's exactly. kind of what United haven't done in a while is give their managers a true full season. They tried it with all and they still technically didn't really, cause it was, he, he was always in hot water he was never he was the interim for a long time then they were like you're still the interim but we're going to give you a season so like there's not a vote of confidence there and then they <laughs> sacked him mid-year this year so i, I mean who knows they, they've got a lot to figure out and they're going to spend a long time trying to figure it out and it's going to have to take a long time because this is not a quick fix uh, for manchester united yeah just one final thing because i know we don't have that much time and we you know the the relegation battle is huge but um one thing is that you know you said like united need a direction you know obviously over the past couple of years they have had a tendency to make i'm not gonna say bad transfers but you know transfers that could have been smarter like you know i'm I'm gonna use paul pogba as an example you let him go in a free spend i forgot how much to bring him back from u of a and now you're gonna let him go in a free again you've spent 80 million mcguire I forget how much with Fred and, you know, it, compare that uh, to city city spent 60 effort. It's 60 for Holland. Like Holland costs less than Fred and Maguire Sanch. Like, you know, like that, that just shows you that, you know, every single thing needs to be revamped around the club, but with 10 hog, you know, 
you know, you've seen his track record at Ajax. He took them to a semifinal, you know, only except for the la uh, except for the last kick of the game that, you know, Tottenham somehow uh, pulled it off, you know, so he can do well. Uh, and, you know, I mean, no pressure on him, but obviously they're, they're, they're expecting something, um, especially with Ronaldo, you know, I, but I mean, obviously, you know, you need to give him the season because, you know, if, if you're going to start day one with, you know, all of the nervousness and, you know, like the, the, the loss of confidence, then we're just going to keep on repeating the cycle. And, you know, next year on the podcast, we'll probably be talking about this again, if, if, if they somehow crash out or if they, or if they mess up. There's so much excitement in the top half of the table with everything going on, but also as Michael mentioned in the relegation battle where it seems like both Leeds and Everton want to get relegated by the way they've been acting on the pitch in terms of the idiotic Luke Ayling red card for Leeds, the stupid Dan James red card for Leeds, the two Everton red cards, including the Rondon when he's on the field for two minutes and then does a two footed challenge. These teams are shorthanded. Leeds are shorthanded with injuries. And, you know, it's it seemed, at least in my opinion, in so many years of, of watching Burnley in the Premier League, it seems like they're always like they could be the team to go down, but they always they always find a way to stay up and find a way to stay in the Premier League. And there are matches today with huge implications starting soon. Aston Villa against Burnley. Everton against Crystal Palace. Leeds are already on 37 games played, so that'll take us. That'll take them to Championship Sunday. But between those three teams, one of them has to go down. Right now it's Burnley in that spot, but they have that game in hand on Leeds, just one point behind. Aston Villa, they play away soon. And we've got an American in the race in Jesse Marsh. We've got Frank Lampard at the helm at Everton. This really seems like it could go either way because it seemed like Leeds early when they got some results that they were going to, they got a late winner from, from Joe Galehart. And it seemed like they were going to be, they were going to stay up and Marsh was going to propel them, but they've kind of sunk back down. Everton, they needed that result against Brentford at home and they just could not be disciplined enough to have it, you know, happen. They lose three, two down to nine men by the end of it. And Burnley fire Sean Dyke and now are just chugging along. So I don't know if there's necessarily a favorite in this relegation fight or two favorites to stay up. I think you look at that Burnley game against Aston Villa and if they could pull out a result, then Leeds really are up against it considering just how awful their goal difference is, but it could also be Everton. It could also be Burnley themselves if they, if they, you know, falter towards the end. So James, I'll start with you this time. What's your outlook on this, these three teams fighting for safety? And if you have a pick for somebody to go down, who do you think it would be? My, my outlook is that I'm afraid it's going to be Leeds because I am so proud of Jesse Marsh and what he's been able to do in such a short time there. He's, he's, he's rallied the troops, really. The fans have... Um, are not fully sold on him, but in the stadium, they really have shown their support to him and the team. And he's really gotten the respect of the players. Um, and he had them turned around for a moment there. He's just gotten, it's not like he's managing his players to get injured and have terrible red cards. He, he's doing, he's doing a good job. And um, the players just have not fully grasped the weight of the situation. It seems um, as their discipline is not fantastic, um, both tactically and just, generally with some very, very poor fouls, uh, really, really struggling to play a cohesive uh, team game late on. But as for Burnley, they have not looked themselves in the sense that they're always the team that just automatically stays up no matter what. And they, they, they haven't looked that this year. They haven't had that confidence about them that, that, you know, the Brexit ball bully mentality that, that they, they get a lot of credit for. They, they haven't always held on to that this season. It looks like they're recapturing it late, though, uh, and I have to give them credit for that because I did not see that coming. I thought that once Leeds started getting results going their way, it was going to be smooth sailing, but it hasn't been. Um, being home on the final match day for them is going to be huge. I think being away at Aston Villa, this is a real chance for Leeds and Everton to distance themselves because away at Aston Villa is – um, 
it's a tall task. And that match kicks off in uh, about like 15 minutes, I think. So we'll, we'll find out the score there pr- pretty soon. And we'll see what it, what that means for championship Sunday, uh, which results have to go what way uh, as for Everton. Um, I don't know how they managed to keep getting themselves into worse and worse situations every season when it seems like every year they make a good signing and every year they, people think like, yeah, they're, they're going to be one of the few teams outside of the top six. They're going to be top half around 10th to, to eighth. That's usually what people anticipate Everton are going to be. And the fact that they're in what 16th right now is an absolute tragedy, uh, an absolute disaster. Um, Frank Lampard, uh, I, I know, Nick, you're a Chelsea fan. I don't want to uh, say speak ill of him because he's a legend, but his management of this team has not been uh, all sunshine and rainbows. I'll leave it at that. A bunch of teams in a really difficult scenario. I, I do think Leeds are going to be the one who ultimately goes down, unfortunately, just because Burnley have that extra game in hand and they've been looking like the Burnley of old, the team that just doesn't want to get relegated and never will. Um, I think, I think, I think Leeds unfortunately go down for Jesse Marsh. I think Burnley finished 17th and Everton stay where they are. I, I don't see a world in which Leeds comes away with points um, in their final match against Brentford, at least more points than Burnley will come up with in the last two. I, I, as much as I think Leeds may have even more quality than Brentford. Uh, going to Brentford is a very, very difficult place to play at. I've been there. It's a great, it's a great atmosphere that they put on for their games. And I saw them when they were in the championship. They, uh, they really are a special, special place. Um, Leeds will have, you know, all the, uh, all the momentum and all the, uh, all the, I don't know. How do, how do I say this? They're going to, they're going to be riled, fired up to win this one. They're going to have, the, you know, the, the, the wind under their sails, but I, I don't know if they're going to have what it takes to go to Brentford, pick up three points. Cause it looks like that's what they're going to need out of this one to ensure safety. Yeah. I mean, no, obviously, you know, um, all three of these teams have, have gotten rid of their managers mid season. So obviously it has huge effects. Um, but, uh, uh, basically, you know, um, I, I don't want it to be leads. It's basically, uh, uh, what you said, James, but, I just I have a feeling that it might be, uh, but one thing to note: obviously Burnley are facing Villa in a couple of minutes, but obviously Villa want to win every game. But you can't tell me that like the Man City game isn't in, it uh, isn't in uh, a Gerard's you know mindset right now. Like he might you know choose to rotate some players and you know maybe field out a weaker side uh, so that you know when he goes against City he can you know do everything. Um, I haven't taken a look at the lineups yet, but you know you. There's no way that he's not at least slightly thinking about the city match. Um, as for Everton, you know, it, it's basically you know what you said. You know, they're always viewed as like, oh, maybe not Europe, but you know, just outside. And the fact that they're fighting for survival uh, is, you know, pretty. You know, it's. I, I, if you told me at the beginning of the season, I would have, you know, I would have called you crazy. Um, I'd like it to be Everton, you know, j- just so Liverpool fans can hang it over uh, the club that's, you know, a mile away from Anfield. But they have a superior goal difference by 10, I want to say, to Leeds. So, you know, say if Leeds can get a point, then, you know, Everton need to basically get, you know, outscored, which is possible. You know, be, uh, it could happen. But I right, – right now it's Burnley. But I, I feel like, you know, Burnley might pull it out of the bag because, you know, they've – you know they've been in the league for so long, but I, I'm I, I'm worried that it's going to be Leeds. I think it's going to be Burnley, but I'd love it if it was Everton. So, kind of you know a way to avoid answering the question, Nick. But those are my three answers, I guess. That's fair. Looking at Aston Villa lineup, it looks like Coutinho's on the bench and Ings is on the bench, but that's really the only real rotation. That's so all we need. Up. All we need are former Liverpool players to just score in the end. Douglas Luiz, McGinn, Ramsey in the middle. Watkins up top, Wendia through the middle. So it seems so it's Coutinho, really, and Ings are the only two regulars that seem to be on the bench. And it's what you mean to say when I look at Burnley, just their essence, what they stand, it's a championship. They, they belong in the championship. Tell me wow. that 4 4 2 Brexit ball would not suit them better in the championship. It's just like 
I just, it might be mean to say, and it's not really backed by evidence. I just feel like they'd be happier there. When I look at this lineup and I see a 5-3-2 with a flat back five, I'm like, oh my God. I don't think you'd ever find a fan that says, oh yeah, I'd love to be in the championship over the Premier League. Just has anybody ever watched Burnley play and been like, oh yeah, no, that's good. Like I'm like I'm a big fan of the way <laughs> yeah, they play. Besides their uh, own fans. Exactly, yeah. No, but I, I will say, um, go back to what I what I just I, I remember someone said this, I forget who, but when Bielsa was sacked, um, so a, a couple of Leeds fans were asked, like, oh, would you rather have a Bielsa team in the championship or a random manager in step? And I'm pretty sure some of them said, Yeah, I'd rather have Bielsa in the championship because what B- I it, I know it's crazy. It basically contradicts what I just said, but you know, Bielsa you know, like, I remember he brought in murder ball. Like, you know, basically they were, you know, I, I remember hearing r- reports about the trainings uh, that Bielsa was putting them under. Like, it was absolutely, Run you know. Run until you can't. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, and, you know, like, th- that, that was Leeds' identity. And, and seeing how well they did in the first season was amazing. Now it's second season syndrome. Um, and especially, you know, I, I remember hearing, like, you know, fine, you sacked Bielsa. And now you would, and now you would Jesse March. But what if you go down? Then people would be like, you know, what if Bielsa could have pulled it back? Because you know, maybe he could have. Because I, because I think he was fired off of the back of the six nil that Liverpool put past him, and like it was basically it was a couple of blowouts, and then that that's what led it. But you know, you know, I, we'll never know if you know if Bielsa stays because obviously you know what's done is done, but. Like I said, I, I'm worried that it's going to be Marsh because you know, it's I'm 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 just worried about that. But hopefully it's Burnley because you know it'd be nice to see Burnley go down at least once. Will they go back up next year? Who knows? But you know, but but if Everton go down, I think that's the biggest club to ever go down because they've never been relegated ever in the Premier League. Yep. So you know the fact that they, you know, a club that big has been spending wildly, you know, like they've spent way too much money on transfers. They spent more than Liverpool. Yeah, exactly. Like they have a more net, uh, higher net. How is that possible? Because we're very good at what we do, James. <laughs> I know. Um, I'm talking about Everton. I'm talking about Everton. They're bad. They manage know, to spend more money. But I mean. They don't care. And, they get, and they get consistently worse. Who? Do, I'm trying to think, like, how have they spent their money? I don't even know who they've brought in. Like, obviously, in the winter, they brought in Vanderbeek and Deli Alley. But Decore, yeah. They brought in Mina. They brought in Hamas. Hamas is yeah. back, and I don't even know where. Yeah, that was a that was a great investment in the end. It, it, like, uh, no, but, and, and you had Ancelotti, and then Real Madrid came knocking. He was like, "I'm going to stay here at Everton. Never mind." And look where he is now. He's in the he's in his fifth first person ever to make it to five Champions League finals. You know, so that's just, I guess. Surprised he didn't bring Everton to the Champions League final. I really thought they were going to win it this year. Yeah, shameful, you know. Just uh, all, all he needs to do is raise his eyebrow and it's over. Like, <laughs> and I'm, like the amount of memes I saw after the City comeback, like, you know, like the uh, we're down by whatever, and then he just does the eyebrow thing and boom, three goals are scored in six minutes of time. But I don't know. It's just the complete opposite personality of Klopp. It will be funny to see the two of them managing next to each other. Well, I think next week will certainly be a champ, uh, maybe a little Premier League review, Champions League final preview. But for this Sunday, we have the slate is full. I think I'll mainly be watching the City game to see if they slip up and then flipping back and forth. But the worst thing, I don't think I'm going to be watching them because because I'm supposed to work at the Yankees game. So yeah. like since the games here are at eleven, I'm already going to be at the stadium. Yeah. So I don't think I'm going to be able to watch them. You're checking so the scores be- on your phone. Exactly. Yeah. No. Well, I mean, I'll probably... my, my, for, for your sake, Michael, I think it's probably best you don't watch the games. The sand. I'm not trying to hurt you, but I, I like they might win right. four nil and like. No, I'm not gonna lie. The, the thing that kills me is that if you, you know, like the fact that it's only down by one point, and I and I said this before, like 92 points would be enough to win the league most of the years. However, the the levels, and and also like if you take a look at the point total from, I forget starting which year. But like, it's like uh, I remember the stat back in February. So so the numbers are different. But 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 the main point was was that Man City was at like a two hundred and seventy eight points. Liverpool two hundred and seventy seven. Like the fact that they get those huge, you know, if you go f- uh, in the past four years, all of those point totals, and Pep just has that one point lead over Klopp just overall, and the fact that you know, this is where we are now. Like, this could be the second year in recent history that. 
we lose by a single point. And what could be a unprecedented quadruple, which could still happen, will be reduced to possibly a double. It could be a trouble, but everyone's going to be like, it's not the trouble, which it's not the trouble. So, you know, the fact that, um, that you know, this amazing season could, you know, be derailed in the span of seven days, depending on how the Prem goes and how the Champions League goes. Um, yeah, like, I'm, I, I'm very happy that I won't be looking at the game. You know, I'll be working and I can, you know, hear about it when I hear about it. So I won't have to, like, you know, be stressed. It's tough. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> that will do it for this week's edition of FUVFC. So much going on in the Premier League. We didn't even get a chance to touch on the Europa League final with Frankfurt winning it. But Champions League final next weekend, Premier League Championship Sunday this weekend. Things are heating up. We're down to the business end of the season in so many respects. But for Nick Guzman, James Burley from Michael Hernandez. That will do it for this week's edition of FEDFC. Thank you so much for tuning in and have a good one.